how we need to get rid of the snow. I'm not sure how to do that. I'm stuck on the drinks now. Anybody strangely thirsty right now? Yeah, well, I have my water bottle. <laughs> no, I was so uh, Yeah, so as far as I start now, just uh, a while back when Scott started uh, this series on Jesus being the Word, uh, meaning Jesus uh, communicates God to us. And whether that be physically, um, actually we're going to see that in about three weeks because um, Jesus says to his disciples, says to his followers, if you've seen me, um, you've seen the Father. Um, but the way, like I really appreciate uh, the way Jesus communicates and using uh, parables uh, specifically, using things like that they would understand in their day and their culture, things that we understand in our day and culture, um, just to give us a, a better, uh, deeper understanding of the things he's talking about, so that our interpretation of what we're hearing is more in line with what Jesus is wanting to communicate. Uh, Jesus also taught using um, figures of speech. And so, uh, likewise, this is just to place more emphasis on the things that he's talking about. So, so far that we've learned... What are some figures of speeches? There's four of them that we already talked about. So Jesus as the Word of God. I'll give you that one. Bread of light. Bread of light. 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 Yes, he's the light of the world. Lamb. The lamb of God. Because he's the lamb. Right. Yeah. Are we missing one? Bread of life door. No, you said it. You got it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Good job. Good job. So, um... So far, in my opinion, the figures of speech that Jesus that, that we've used uh, to describe Jesus have been fairly straightforward. Um, I mean, the land, we kind of needed some context because we don't sacrifice lands anymore, so we needed a little bit of cultural um, education on that. But uh, good job to you, Scott, Harry, AJ, for your teaching. Well done. Just to give us a better understanding, uh, to flush those things out. But, like I said, in my opinion, uh, tonight's um, lesson, as we focus on Jesus as the door, is a little bit more complicated, at least it was for me, um, that requires us to have to dig a little bit deeper to, to really find the treasure of, of what's being communicated, what's, what's meant behind the figure of speech. Who has seen National Treasure? The movie, National Treasure. Most of us? Uh, hopefully I don't lose anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, but here we have Nicolas Cage playing as Benjamin Franklin Gates? Benjamin Franklin, oh no, Gates. Is it? Is it Gates? Yes. Yeah, because it's Gates. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin Gates. And so he's a treasure hunter. He goes around and he's discovering clues and then he leads them to the next place and then he finds another clue. In the movie, he finds himself at Independence Hall, close to Liberty Hall, and uh, his etching and digging out a um, brick outside the building. He pulls it out, and what's behind the brick? Yes, glass spectacles, however you want to say that. Um, so these, these glasses, it's like a pair of glasses, and it's got all these different lenses, colored lenses that he like flips down, and it enables him um, I know all you who've seen the movie know what I'm talking about, uh, but just go along with me because maybe not everyone knows. Uh, so he uses these spectacles to look at the back of the Declaration of Independence that he stole for the good of stealing. <laughs> is this recorded? Yeah, no, not for the good of it. 
so that was not in my notes. Um, I think in my notes. So he, yeah, so he, he uses these spectacles and he drops down his lenses and it helps him to, to see something that is there in front of him all along and he can't see with his naked eye. And so in a roundabout way, we're going to be using spectacles to help us understand uh, deeper about what our text of Jesus being the door means. And hopefully, we will have a better understanding of our main point here. And it is this, that as the door of the sheep, Jesus has called and will lead us to eternal life through him. I'll repeat that again. Um, and many of you, I'm sure, have great main points. It may not be that exactly, um, but please share those in a small group. Um, I'm sure they are worthy of mentioning. So, if you allow me to even change the first part a little bit, I will say, as the door of his sheep, Jesus has called and will lead us to eternal life through him. All right. Before we move on any further, I'm going to pray for us before we dive into this. And uh, so, let's pray. Let's do it. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, be able to open up your word uh, together, to study it, to talk about it. Um, Lord, you, you know us full well. Um, you know that all that goes along with us being here, all the distractions of the day, uh, things that are weighing on our mind right now. Um, joys we have, difficulties we have, we bring. And um, so, Father, I just ask that you will um, help us to, to lay aside what needs to be laid aside so that we can focus and come here. Um, Lord, I pray that you will have your way with us, that you would please uh, help us to, as a result of, of teaching, as a result of us sharing together, as a result of, of praying and discussing in our small groups, that we would come away from this evening with a better understanding of, of who you are and what you came to do. And uh, we just ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, if you have uh, just your books, that's fine. Open up to page that has John 10, 1 and 10. If you have your Bibles, prefer using your Bibles, because we're going to show a couple of different places here. So, if you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles. And please stand as I read just this uh, verses 1 through 10. Alright, let's do this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all he all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. His figure of speech was excused with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. All right, you may be seated. So, congratulations, everybody. You have um, already looked through this with your first lens. So, our first lens that we're looking um, through is just our observation of what we see in the text. So, let me just draw just a few observations um, that that I found just just in general looking at the text. Uh, we see that there is a sheepfold, right? There's a, there's a place where the sheep gather, and some people are trying to get in another way other than the door. They're thieves and robbers. And then there is one who um, there's one entering by the door. And only he is qualified to lead the sheep out. And he leads the sheep out. And the sheep um, hear him. The sheep knows his voice. And they follow him out. And then if there's a voice of strangers, they don't listen to the voice of strangers. Um, maybe this is where stranger danger came from. I'm not sure. But, um, which is a good idea, stranger danger. Uh, but they do not recognize the stranger's voice, and they don't follow him, but in fact they flee from him. So, just in looking at this text, those are just some general observations I've made. Uh, hopefully you had time this week to, to run through the lesson, to write down some observations that you all had. Um, again, share those in the small group, that there's some that aren't mentioned here tonight. Um, they're worth mentioning. Um, but before we, we move on and we can draw any, any type of conclusion or application about this text, we're going to flip down our second lens, and this is going to be the lens of context. So uh, if you have your Bibles, now would be a great time to just flip back just to chapter 9. And again... The group decided to include lots of smart people who already know this, and lots of smart people who don't yet know this, but will be smarter knowing this. In Scripture, when books are written, it's, there are no page breaks. There are no chapter 9, chapter 10, there are no verses. It was written as one letter. Okay, So it's just helpful for us to be able to navigate through Scripture and tell people where this or that is. So really what we have here is a conversation going on that in chapter 10, verse 1 through 10, is right in the middle of the conversation. There's stuff going on before this, and there's stuff going on after this. So we're going to jump back, and I've already uh, took the liberty to just jot down some uh, highlighted uh, main points here. So uh, you can just kind of breeze through chapter 9 along with me, and I'll just paint a picture of what's happening right before our text. So... Uh, Jesus is walking with the disciples, and they pass a man who, the scripture says, is blind by birth. So his whole life has been blind. And so the disciples are asking Jesus, okay, so who sins, this man or his parents, for the reason why he's blind? And Jesus describes to the disciples that it's neither um, this man nor his parents. Uh, he was born blind so that the works of God might be uh, revealed might be displayed in him. So, this might be kind of gross, but heard it before, Jesus gets some dirt, and he spits, makes mud, and he wipes it on his eyes, 
and he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent, and he does so, and he comes back healed. He comes back seeing. He can see now. So, um, obviously, people are marveling about this, wondering how this could possibly be. His, his neighbors, the people that he knew, are wondering what happened. So, this man responds, um, I don't get he responds that this man is um, kind of basically, here, hold on, let me find my notes because I don't want to. He was confessing um, him to be uh, Jesus, the, the Christ, um, and uh, this got word, the word got around to the Pharisees, and uh, because all this happened on the Sabbath, and uh, the leaders of the Pharisees, um, obviously according to their tradition, this is a big no-no, and so they call for the man and ask the man, what happened, can you explain to us, and he explained them everything that happened up until this point. And so uh, the Pharisees uh, are like, well, let's go to his parents, because maybe he was never really blind. Maybe he was just pretending to be blind. Um, they go to his parents, and um, so his parents are talking to the Pharisees, and parents are a little bit worried, because if you confess Jesus as the Christ to the Pharisees, they're going to take you up, because they didn't believe Jesus to be the Christ. They didn't, they didn't believe Jesus was actually the one to come to save his people, Israel. So you guys tracking with me? Good? Okay. Alright. So this all uh, will make sense here in a second here. So, um, so then, um, again, the Pharisees uh, seek this man again and are questioning him again. And this man is like, hey, look, uh, all I know is that I was blind then and now I see. And uh, why, why are you asking me so many questions? Are you wanting to become his disciple too? And I don't think that went over with the Pharisees too well. They didn't like that. Long story short, they, they kick him out. Okay? So this guy, he was blind. He miraculously got healed. Uh, and because his testifying that this is the work of God, this is Jesus who did this, um, they kick him out. So Jesus comes on the scene here. And um, Jesus asks the man who was healed, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man says, uh, who is he that I may believe in him? And Jesus says, it is I. So, uh, so he believes. He was healed physically, he's healed uh, spiritually. And then Jesus says, um, uh, this is the last three verses of uh, chapter 9. So here we're going to kind of like morph into chapter 10. So Jesus is now talking to the Pharisees. He says, for judgment I came into the world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And then Jesus said to him, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. In other words, if you could not see, you would have no guilt, but you are the ones who do see. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. And then, now, we're in chapter 10. So, okay, ask your neighbor if they're still paying attention. Okay. 
Psalms 23. You know Psalms 23. And then when you have like the first few verses memorized, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me in his pastures. Yes. I still water. still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes. So, so they would understand through scripture what just is meant by Jesus being shepherd. We're actually going to take a look at that next week. Um, Kyle will be leading that. So, but in that day, okay, so shepherds, uh, they have their sheep, they're out in the pastures, and then once it starts getting dark, they bring the sheep back into the village. And for obvious reasons, it was getting dark, there was um, uh, animals uh, that would attack the sheep in the dark, or there were thieves and robbers who would come in and would steal uh, or kill uh, for the wolf. And for just for selfish gain, um, but so the shepherds would bring their sheep into the village, and keep in mind that they, they would bring them into like a sheep's pen, and many different shepherds would have their own sheep, and they would share the same pen. Um, they weren't like super rich shepherds, so they were um, fairly small. So they would they would all be sharing this pen, and they would go. Um, just rest for the evening, and they would hire a porter who would basically keep watch over the sheep uh, for the night. And obviously, they were watching for robbers and for animals and uh, people who may come over the wall or uh, kill the sheep and drag it over the wall. So they were to keep watch all night, and then in the morning, the, shep the shepherds would come back um, through the door. The porter would only open up the door for the shepherd, and the shepherd calls out for the sheep. The sheep uh, understand who their master is, uh, would follow the shepherd out. The shepherd would lead them back out into the pastures by the waters. Not too complicated. But, here's the challenge. We're going to try to put all three of these things together in one spot again. And I'm going to read it again. Okay? And it's okay if you don't remember everything that was said. But hopefully, when we read through this time, we can start uh, drawing some conclusions uh, and a deeper meaning about what Jesus is communicating here. So, let's give this a shot. Actually, I need, I need to jump back to John. Sheep did not listen to them. 
I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they might find life and have it abundantly. All right. So, uh, maybe it sounded a little different. Maybe it didn't. didn't. It's okay if it didn't. Uh, but I will uh, maybe point out a few things uh, that I observed when I was kind of looking at all this together and uh, between reading some things or listening to sermons, uh, just kind of gained a little bit different understanding of, of this passage. Um, so, what I believe is being communicated here is as Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, remember a blind man has just been healed, and uh, it went against their tradition, it went against the way they thought it should go, and Jesus is communicating uh, uh, those who are trying to enter his, his people, those who are trying to enter Jesus' fold, enter being um, his people and gaining eternal life are trying to, to get in a different way. They're trying to get into their good works and get in through their, to their traditions and, and according to tradi traditions. <clears throat> Jesus said that man is a thief and a robber. We can do the same thing too if there is any other way than Jesus. Jesus is the only one who is qualified to, um, to come in and to draw out God's people, so uh, from from the from the burden and the weight of sin. So Jesus coming in, he's the only one qualified to come into his sheep pen and draw the Jews, the Israelites, out of Judaism and set them free from the law, and to set them free through him, through him himself. So. Uh, the sheep, uh, they hear his voice, they, they know him, the shepherd knows who the sheep are. In fact, um, as we read in scripture, we, uh, we know that Jesus knows who are his, even before the foundation of the world were created. He knows who are his. The, the Father has given Jesus um, those people, and Jesus promises that he will not lose those sheep, he will not lose those who are given to him. It's so comforting when you when you uh, realize this and start putting things together. Uh, so uh, again, Jesus is the gateway. He is that door. He is the door, the only way to the Father. <clears throat> and just like Psalm 23, for those who are trusting in Him through faith alone, He leads them um, out in the pastures and, and into freedom. Besides living, besides living waters. And all this, and just keeping in mind that there is a ruler of darkness um, who comes as a roaring lion seeking to, um, to deceive, seeking to uh, steal, to kill, to destroy, to, to distract us, to keep us from following after the shepherd. So good job. Um, Keep in mind, I know there, there might be a tendency in, in hearing of this and thinking like, okay, well this is just about somebody else. This is like Jesus talking to uh, the Pharisees, this 
but it does apply to us in every different way. Um, as we will learn, I don't want to steal anything from uh, next week, but that Jesus says uh, in our next lesson that there are other sheep in the fold. There are other sheep other than his chosen Israelites. Spoiler um, alert, we are we're included in that. So what he is communicating here, it also applies to us very much so. So we, um, if we believe and have faith in, in Jesus as being the only door and, and dying for our sin, and we no longer re rely on our own works, but re rely on Him alone for the salvation, then He knew that before the creation of the world. He, um, he will not lose us. He's watching over us. He's our uh, caretaker. He's our provider. He watches over us. He will not lose us. And He releases us from living in that bondage. According to the law, but he sets us free in him to enjoy green pastures and living waters through him. So I hopefully this helps. Um, maybe you have a lot more questions now than what you did uh, before the lesson, and that's okay. Um, so the small group is there for. Uh, please ask and make those questions known. But uh, let me pray, and we can be dismissed. Father, again, thank you uh, so much for your word. Uh, thank you for all the different kinds of ways that you communicate uh, with us and, and uh, just that you're zealously uh, seek us out to, to reveal yourself to us. Um, Father, I pray that uh, your words would, would come alive in us, that you know, they would plant deep in us, that you would water those seeds uh, to grow and, uh, so that we can gain a better understanding of who you are grow more into your likeness as a result of it. So, um, pray for your blessing over small group now, and uh, thank you for this time. Amen.